Welcome to Secrets from the Scene, a show for local musicians who want to improve their music, grow their audience, and learn about Minnesota's music scene. If you're interested in talking about all things music-related and meeting interesting people from our local community, you're in the right place. In today's episode, we're going to talk about four things you can do to make sure you don't burn money in the studio. This episode is going to be great for new artists that are going into their first recording session, but I also think it's going to be helpful for experienced artists, as I think that there could be some good reminders in here and maybe some motivators to try a different type of preparation before your next session. I'm a music producer and I've worked with hundreds of artists over the years, so I've seen a wide range of mistakes, and these mistakes range in severity from train wreck to just missed opportunity, but all of them are very common. It's stuff like not knowing what you want, which can lead to wasted time and wasted money, maybe even settling creatively, or mistakes like bad communication with your producer or engineer before the session starts, where you feel confused about the process or the style that the producer has, and that can lead to being creatively confused or making bad or average music. Mistakes like not documenting enough. I think this is really the missed opportunity thing where you're missing out on getting really good content that could help with your promotion and marketing efforts later on. Mistakes like not being rehearsed enough, obviously, this leads to bad music, (laughs) but it also creates a ton of stress, anxiety, and you might even run out of budget before the project gets done. The good news is you can avoid all of these pretty easily. I'm going to be reflecting on the lessons that I've learned watching some of the artists I've worked with make some of these mistakes and think of ways that I can help them feel more prepared before they even step into the studio. I think that if you listen to this episode and go over these four things before your next session, you're going to feel more prepared, more professional, have less anxiety and stress, and just leave more room for creative energy at your session. Bottom line is, you're going to make better music. So let's dive into the four main areas you need to think through and prepare for before your recording session. The four areas are expectations, pre-production, documentation, and education. All right, so what does that all mean? Expectations. This one's critical, but it's also probably one of the easier ones to get out of the way right away. Because all it takes is one transparent phone call with your engineer or producer about what your goals are and what it's going to cost. Now, it's not always easy to put an exact price tag on a project. I know from experience. People ask me all the time, how long is this going to take or what's it going to cost? Sometimes that's hard to nail down because you just don't know exactly what the scope is going to be, particularly with new artists. But it's still important to have the conversation, even if there isn't a clear answer, because you're probably going to get a range at the very least. You're also going to get a better sense of what this process is going to look like. I've seen this multiple times where an artist comes in for a day and thinks they're going to get way more done than what's actually possible. And it's because we just didn't communicate well enough before the session started. Or maybe they want to go super fast and they want to have a very, very high quality production at the same time. These two things just don't match. Some things take a lot more time than you might expect them to. So by having this conversation before you get started, you can establish exactly what the scope of your project is and what you want to accomplish. And your engineer and producer can help give you a sense of how long that's going to take and how much it's going to cost. The last thing you want to do is go into a session thinking you're going to get three songs done And you can't even really get one done, particularly if you have a limited budget. 
you need to make sure that your expectations line up with their expectations. And along that line, if you are working with a producer, say that is going to be contributing creatively, and you're maybe you're a solo artist, you need to make sure that you have all the pieces necessary to create the sound that you want, you know? Like if you're making a song that needs strings, for instance, can the producer arrange strings? Can you arrange strings? Do you need to hire a string quartet? What is that process going to look like? It's important to have those conversations ahead of time so that if you do need to hire session musicians or get somebody else with a particular talent in the room, that you have time to schedule them. This expectation phone call often leads into the second area, which is pre-production. Pre-production is all about preparing the song before you start production. I think the first part of this is knowing what you want, knowing the style that you're going for. It can be surprisingly difficult to express this in words sometimes. One person saying, well, I want it to be rock or I want it to be indie doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to the other person. So my preferred way of expressing style and goals is to make a playlist of music that you're inspired by, that you would be happy sounding like, stuff that you want to draw inspiration from. This tells me so much about your preferences and your end goal. People will hesitate sometimes to do this because they think, well, I don't want to sound too much like this artist or that thing. I don't want to copy anybody. But I always think that that's an overblown worry because even when you try to copy stuff, it often doesn't turn out that similar. And furthermore, it doesn't have to be interpreted that way. It can simply be a compass, a guide, a North Star. This is the direction we're going, right? If I get a playlist of, let's say, three or four artists that the artist I'm working with likes, it tells me so much. Because when I listen to those recordings, I can go, oh, this is very produced. This is very polished. Maybe there's no live instruments in this. Maybe it's all programmed music. Well, that tells me a lot about the type of production that they want. It can tell me something about the songwriting style, and it can obviously tell me a lot about the genre. But it can also tell me things like, I guess this is all live instrumentation. You know, this is definitely a band feel, not a producer feel. We need to get session musicians in here. It will allow the producer to make better decisions on behalf of the client if they have that sort of information. So it's really important to express what you want. If you're already an established artist and you have a sound and you're just making another record in your area, in your lane, that's totally fine. But the conversation still needs to be had. If you're an artist that's made records and you want to switch it up, then this conversation is super important. You need to say like, I don't want it to sound like this last record. I want to go in this new direction. Now, if you're having a hard time finding references or you just hate the idea of using references, it's completely fine to be more abstract. If that's how you feel, pick a few descriptive words or use moods, movies, book references, maybe visual artists, and any other evocative or descriptive language can work too. For better or worse, it leaves more up to the imagination. Maybe this fits your artistry or your workflow better. Whatever works for you, communication is the key. Step number one. Also in pre-production is to have your song either finished or at least outlined. Now, it does depend because there are different types of sessions. Maybe you're in a band, the song has been done for a while. Everybody knows their parts. You're just booking a studio session to go in and capture it. Cool, great. Then have that all the way ready to go, start to finish, right? But if you're a solo artist and maybe you're working with a producer and the producer is going to help finish the song, then you still probably want to have at least an outline. Maybe it's a verse and a chorus started. Maybe it's a song structure, just some seed, something that can start off the session. There are sessions that happen where no one has an idea. You just go into it. It's a writing session. But if that's the case, I still recommend having at least some seeds to start with. Maybe it's a nice lyric 
a melody, a chord progression, something. If you're experienced enough and you truly can start from scratch without any idea ahead of time, fine. But I don't recommend that for newer artists. The next step in pre-production is to record a demo of the song or the song idea or outline. As much as you have, it can be a simple voice memo. The quality does not need to be good. Or if you've got a home set up with GarageBand or whatever, then record in that. What this does is it really forces you to make decisions if they haven't already been made, and it forces you to analyze the lyric, the arrangement, the tempo, the key. It also just gives you more practice time. Making a demo is super valuable. I love when clients bring me a demo that's really fleshed out because often, especially with bands that are in noisy rehearsal spaces, they can't really hear each other's parts that well. And a lot of times I've had bands come in and we'll be recording, let's say just the bass part. And somebody's like, you play that? I had no idea. I've never heard that part before. Recording a demo can help iron out inconsistencies or problems ahead of the studio time because either you didn't know that that was the part because of the noisy rehearsal room, or perhaps it was a part that you haven't been doing live. It was just like a theory, like, oh, I think if we add this extra thing in, it'd be really cool. And when you try to add it in, in the demo, you realize this does not work the same way as I thought it would. And even if it fails in the demo, or you're like, I don't really love this idea in the demo, it will give you a better starting point with your engineer or producer about what needs to be fixed. Now, maybe with the exception of an actual writing or collaboration session where your intent is to actually write together, the more complete your ideas are coming in, I think the better it is for the engineer or producer because you can just build off of that, even if you end up not using all of those ideas. Now, one possible drawback of doing the demo is something called demoitis. Demoitis is a serious medical condition and it's more common than you might think. For those of you who don't know what it is, demoitis is when you fall in love with your demo. And it generally happens when you've done just what I said. You recorded a demo at home, but then you listen to it a thousand times and now you kind of love it. What happens then is when it comes to changing something in the actual recording session, it can be really hard to hear the song in any other way and it will prevent you from really making progress on this. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a gray area between something in the demo really being cool and demoitis. There's some overlap there. There's been plenty of times where somebody brings in a demo and it's like, oh, there's a vibe here. Let's just use that piece of it. Or maybe we want to recreate something because we really like it. But there's also just as many times, maybe more, where a demo comes in that's clearly not that great yet, but the idea is great. So we start to go fix it. We start to make all the parts and the artist is panicking because they just can't hear it any different than how the demo was. So if you make a demo, my advice is do not listen to it a thousand times. Listen to it enough to make your analysis, to evaluate the parts, and make sure that you're happy with the direction it's going, but then get away from it and keep an open mind when you get into the recording studio. The last piece of pre-production is just rehearse, 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 rehearse. Most genres of music are going to get recorded to a metronome. Not everything, but a lot of them. So if you're not comfortable playing with a click track yet, you need to be. You need to practice on a metronome or a click, whatever you call it. If you do that, you're going to save time and therefore probably money in the studio. Okay, moving on. The third area that you should think of is documentation. And what I mean by that essentially is capturing content. Artists need tons of content. Social media is such a huge part of your career. So think twice before you pass up an opportunity to capture a ton of really good content because the studio is a great place to do that. You can get photos, videos, all kinds of inspiration for stories about the creative process, you name it. But a lot of times I see artists not really capturing that much or really anything in the studio. And I think there's a couple reasons for this. And one of them I can really sympathize with, which is 
you just don't really want to break the creative energy, the creative flow, right? You're enjoying it. Why stop to pose for a photo? Or maybe it just feels off. It feels wrong. If that's how you feel, I get it. Then what you should do is make a plan. Make a plan about what kind of content you really do want to get in a perfect session and set it up or schedule it for either the very beginning of the session or the very end. That way, once you get started, you don't have to break for like a selfie or something. You don't have to stop and live stream something if when you arrive, you just do your content right before anything starts rolling. It's a much less awkward time to grab it if that's something that you worry about. Same thing with the end of the session. I don't think there's anybody today that's going to look at you as being crazy for capturing content the entire time. And maybe this isn't a struggle for you anyways. Everybody understands that this is just a part of the gig at this point. You just have to be doing it. I think the more content you grab, the better. But if you do want to be able to just like get away from your phone and not deal with that during the session, I totally get that too. But then do something right when you arrive and right when you leave, and at least you'll have that. The other part of documentation can be not so much about capturing stuff that's going to be shared with social media, but capturing stuff for yourself. Journaling, for instance. Just keeping track of creative decisions and your process simply for self-reflection later on, but also potentially for recalling stories that might turn into content at a later date. I can't remember why we did certain things in a session from earlier this year, you know, but if there were more notes about it, you could easily turn that into a story that might be interesting to your fans down the line. The last area to consider is education. This is not something that you would prepare ahead of time. This is a mindset when you go into the studio. What I mean by education is that the studio is a great place to learn a lot of different stuff. You can learn about the recording process, obviously, just paying attention and watching how the engineer is working. Where they're putting mics might help you with your own home setup if you have one. And if you're recording demos, just to make those better, or maybe if you have interest in doing some self-recording down the line for other releases. You can learn a lot by watching and asking questions. But the other piece is about studying your own performances when you're in the studio, because mics don't lie. If you play your parts and record it and then sit with the engineer while they're editing it, you can learn a lot of stuff. Let's say you're a drummer. You just did a whole bunch of takes. Sit with the engineer and pay attention to what they're editing. You might start picking up certain tendencies that you weren't aware of, like, oh, I guess I just rush this song all the time. I'm never, like when I'm off, I'm never behind the beat. I'm always ahead. That's a helpful piece of knowledge that you can take back and work on while you're practicing and get better as a musician. If you're a singer, watch them tune your vocals. You might find that consistently in areas that you've struggled with, maybe it's like some high notes that you were going for that you thought, oh, if I'm missing them, I must be flat because they're high notes. But you actually find out when they're tuning that they're going sharp. That's helpful information that you usually don't get elsewhere because it's not, well, that feedback's usually not as accurate as being able to see it exactly as it is on the screen. I think there's just a lot of opportunities to improve your musicianship if you care to pay attention to the whole process. And why not? If you're sitting there anyway, might as well learn. But most importantly, just try new things, ask questions, explore different areas. The studio should be a safe, creative place. So take an opportunity. If something crosses your mind that you want to know, dive into it and use the opportunity to get better at something and to learn something new. Okay, to recap, there's four main areas to think through before your next session. Area number one, your expectations. That's having that phone call with your engineer or producer to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Area number two, pre-production. That includes having a playlist of maybe some artists that you're inspired by that are going to be a guide for the style that you're going for having a song idea finished or an outline ready, maybe recording a full demo and just a lot of rehearsal. 
Area number three is documentation. Make a plan for the kind of content you want to capture and when you're going to do it. That way, the session doesn't just slip by and you go, oh, I only took one photo. If you don't feel comfortable doing it during the session or you don't want to, then plan for something to happen right as you arrive and right before you leave. Those are the least awkward times to grab extra photos or videos. And the last area is education. This is mostly a mindset, so just pay attention, stay present, and ask questions. Stay creative. Try new things, be involved, and you will learn a lot. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you got something helpful from this. I know that just reflecting on all of these things myself, there's a few things that I want to start implementing for my artists so that they feel more prepared before they get into the studio. I hope you feel the same way. This is a brand new podcast. I don't have any listeners, so if you made it this far, you know what? I would love to hear from you. I want to know what you thought was good, what you thought was bad. If you have ideas for new episodes or for guests, anything, just whatever, say hello. Send me an email. You can reach me at steven at secretsfromthescene.com, steven, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Or you can hit me up on socials. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Secrets From The Scene. Send us a message and just, yeah, let us know what you think. I'm going to have those links in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Oh,